up, beautiful humans? My name is Morgan, and I'm your podcast host. I'm a talk therapist by training and a practicing spiritual entrepreneur. I specialize in Reiki, tarot, and past life regression. In this podcast, I integrate both clinical and spiritual perspectives to best support you on your healing journey. Welcome to The Clinical Spiritualist. Hi, loves. Welcome back to The Clinical Spiritualist. I'm your host, Morgan. I'm a therapist, coach, and spiritual mentor. And today, before we get started, I would like to label this podcast with a content or trigger warning. Um, Today's conversation is going to be conversation with just myself, Um, but it's probably the deepest and most raw, raw I have gotten yet on this podcast. So content contains conversations around sexual assault. Uh, being a survivor of psychological abuse. Um, I will never, ever disclose um, details, so please don't be hesitant or worried about that. But please know of just any sort of conversation around this type of trauma is triggering for you. Um, I advise you to, one, either not listen to it, that's okay, or two, make a self-care plan for um, when you're done listening or take it in strides. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. So very often I approach my work through a very professional, in my opinion, lens where I'm the person with the education, I'm the person with the training, I'm trying to educate and spread awareness, which I love, about mental health issues, and also about spiritual health. I also want to reiterate that I'm a human as well. I have my own story of traumas. Sometimes I share them, but most of the time I don't. I like to think that I'm a hope, an open human being, but sometimes it's really hard to be open. So today is, is a chance for me to be more open, I talk a lot about my work about intuition, and today my intuition won't let me run any longer. And I just keep hearing, like, you need to go up there and make this podcast. You need to make this content, not out of a way of producing and being productive, but knowing that this conversation will help at least one person because I, yeah, I just, I need to get it off my chest. I need somewhere to put this. And I can't promise that I'm going to have advice for how to work through this. It's more of just a conversation of showing y'all that I'm human too. And sometimes I don't have all the answers. Sometimes I'm working through my own, my own hardship as well. So just because I'm a therapist with degrees, it doesn't make me any less human. So last week I went to Florida. I took a vacation to Florida. It was actually a really impromptu vacation two days before I was just feeling so like stuck at my house and stuck in, I live in Indiana, the state of Indiana. And I was like, I want to go somewhere. And so my grandparents have a place in Florida. I booked a trip there. I was so, so excited to get away get a change of scenery, you know, just be, you know, I have some family there, but also just like be by myself, be in my own energy. I love my partner, but we do need time apart. Like that is healthy and normal. Like we're just in the same space always, especially with me working at home. 
Um, so I just needed to be in my own energy and just, you know, focus on myself. And so I was feeling really excited and looking forward to this. So today's podcast is all about one, just like a storytelling. I'm just storytelling. I don't really have much advice (laughs) just as like, I just want to share this story that I experienced and the conversation is going to be about re-traumatization. So let's, before we move on to the story that happened in present day, I'll give a background. So I am a survivor of sexual assault. I'm a survivor of psychological abuse, and I was groomed as a child, adolescent, and young adult. So I have a a very intense history with multiple types of abuse. And again, I will never disclose details of my experiences because I truly am an advocate and believe that people shouldn't have to give their encounters and re-traumatize themselves for their trauma to be valid. And I've noticed that in our culture that just consume is a very, like a very, very consuming culture that people want details and they want to put you on a rank of severity of what you've experienced. And I'm just not going to feed into that because after years of a shit ton of therapy, um, you know, and still something I work with is that like, my trauma is valid and doesn't have to meet an expectation of what someone else thinks it should be categorized as, if that makes sense. So there's my, there's my, my, my history. Um, and some categories I identify with when it, as far as it goes, um, with trauma, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD in undergrad. Um, when I was experiencing a lot of psychological distress, I reached out to a therapist for the first time. That is really when my therapy journey started. And he told me that I have PTSD. So uh, that's in my professional work as a therapist, something I'm very passionate about is working with trauma, working with complex trauma, and working with PTSD. And just because you've experienced PTSD or trauma doesn't mean that you will develop PTSD. So I'm not saying the word trauma and PTSD interchangeably because there is kind of a difference. I also want to make it known that sometimes it can be difficult to tell trauma stories because they often involve other people. Um, And in my stories, they definitely involve other people who were put in harm's way. Um, But that's not my story to tell. So I'm very much today going to speak from an eye point of view. because the re-traumatization I experienced was a very individual experience. Um, So know that this story is much more deeply layered and complex. However, I'm only going to share what I feel comfortable with. And thank you for respecting that. So let's go back to me taking a vacation. I was very excited and my girlfriend drops me off at the airport you know, I finally feel like I can like breathe. I'm like, oh, about like, it's really freaking cold in Indiana. I'm like, I'm about to be in warm weather. I'm about to be taken care of for a week. Um, cause I go and see my grandparents and you know, they cook for me and all the great stuff. God, being an adult is just so hard. I got to get up and figure out what I'm going to eat. I got to do chores. Like it just, I get decision fatigue often because I'm constantly trying to manage like my work, my relationships, like you guys get it. You're, you're humans too. So I go through airport security, all the good stuff, and I am at my gate. 
I'm talking to my mom on the phone. I'm eating a snack before the flight gets there. And someone walks by me who I deeply recognize. Um, and it is the a family member of the person who abused me as um, a young adult and groomed me through childhood. And so my first fear is that I don't like, like, let me, this is also something I've been wanting to say. I don't, for me personally, I know people sometimes say my abuser. I don't necessarily like that for me. So I'm trying to figure out how to like navigate the language around this. So just bear with me that I kind of stumble and fumble around words because I don't know what to say because I'm not going to say um, his name because, um, you know, we're talking about re-traumatization today. That is something that gives me a re-traumatization feeling. Um, so yeah, just bear with me. That's what I'm asking. Again, I'm human. I don't have the perfect language when it comes to my own story. So I see a person who used to be deeply involved in my life and who is a family member of the person who assaulted me. Um, immediately triggered, but something that I'm thankful for with my own trauma responses. Yes, freeze has been a trauma response in the past, but nine times out of 10, I'm a bit of a fighter when it comes to being in a situation that is dangerous or feels dangerous or problematic or scary. I immediately can like put a list in my head and be like, okay, how do I stay safe? What do we need to do? Who do I need to contact? Like whatever. So I, so I see this person and I'm like, oh my fucking God, this is serious. So I immediately tell my mom on the phone and I immediately just call my support people. I call my main support people, family, girlfriend, best friend. And, you know, here's what's going on. And like the texts just get flooded in of like, I love you. Like, you know, let us know what you need. My older sister contacted my grandparents to let them know what was going on because Again, since this person was deeply involved in my life, I know that we're headed on the same plane. There's no question about it that I know that this person is also getting on the plane. And what's so interesting about this is that I don't live in my hometown anymore. Like, my hometown is kind of where the root of this all happened. And, you know, I've moved to two, two different states and then I moved back to my home state, but not my hometown. And so when I'm in my hometown or towns that are kind of like a couple minutes outside of it, I'm very hypervigilant. And that's a um, very big symptom of PTSD is hypervigilance, hyperawareness. You're just constantly scanning. You're constantly looking for danger. And what's so interesting and caught me off, I caught me off guard real, real badly was that, you know, I'm usually hypervigilant in the places that I'm expecting a threat or a trigger. I was not hypervigilant in this space. I was chilling. I'm about to go on vacation. And also, God, I feel like I'm having to do so many side notes because I get so anxious when it comes to telling my own story. It's like, I will talk about trauma, PTSD, and you know, all this from a clinical lens all day because that is what I'm passionate about as a therapist. However, when it comes to my own story, I'm like, oh my God, everything is so, is so much. But um, if you're hearing me talk in like a very matter of fact way without emotion, 
know that I'm kind of having to remove it so that I can get through this um, and that my own fair emotion has been shed. Yeah, my, you know, I call my support support people. We got a plan in place. I'm scanning the room. Um, You know, now the hypervigilance has really kicked in that I figure out the coast is clear as far as that goes, but I still have to get on this plane. And so I'm just like, this is where like the spiritual part of me comes in. I'm just like calling in my spirit guides, God, the universe, whoever. I'm like, wrap me in, you know, white loving light, protect my energy. Like, like just please, like, please help me get through this. And my mom actually texted me and was like, we can do hard things or you can do hard things. You know, that classic Glennon Doyle line. Um, so I really kept repeating that mantra as well, because in hindsight, what was happening was a re-traumatization. I was being re-traumatized of the most traumatic, um, time of my life. Um, but I kept reminding myself, I've done nothing wrong. I'm simply, I've done nothing wrong in the past. Now, like I'm simply existing. I was existing then I'm existing now. And also, even though I know that this person stands by their family members, abusive behavior, I also was reminding myself that this person did not cause me direct harm. This person wasn't the person that violated my physical being. Um, Does it make me any less angry when people don't stand up for injustice, especially when it comes to my own story? Yes, absolutely. However, I was reminding myself that this person isn't the direct form of threat, if that makes any sense. So I get on the plane you know, I'm doing the whole, does this person see me? I see them. There's no way they don't see me. They pass me like several times, that whole thing. And I also start reminding myself, like, it's not my energy to put myself in their shoes now and be like, I wonder what they're thinking. I wonder if they see me, yada, yada, yada. It's like, I have to focus on myself, quit like putting myself in their shoes of like, what's going on. So that, that, flight was a flight from GD Hell. Um, I sat in the middle. Planes, like side note, plane seats, like unless there's two children on the side of you, plane seats are not comfortable. I sat in the middle of two adults, three adults in a row. And I mean, if you're not the size of a mouse, then plane seats are just uncomfortable. So I'm freaking smushed. Um, the person who is a reminder of my trauma is sitting a few seats ahead of me. It's just like if there was any time for a panic attack, it would be in this moment. However, I have done so much work, learned how to ground myself in really difficult moments that a panic attack did not happen. And to say that, oh, like, oh, I'm, you know, morally better or have done my work so I didn't have a panic attack. That's not what I'm saying. Um... But there was kind of this moment where I was reminded of how much growth has come from my trauma. Because if this were a couple years ago, I'd probably, I don't know actually, but there would be a bigger part of me that would be like, I'm going to say something. I'm going to tell them what their family members done to me, all this stuff like that. But I just felt grounded. As much as I felt anxious, there was a a small, small part of me that was like, we are going to get through this. 
I was listening to music. I was trying to meditate. Oh my God, it was so distressing. And so I get off the plane. I'm just emotionally exhausted from all the thoughts, all the hypervigilance. You know, hypervigilance, that's why people with PTSD are usually freaking tired all the time because it is emotionally exhausting to be on high alert to be constantly scanning, to be constantly anticipating a threat. I became re-traumatized from that event on the plane. So this whole week of being by the beach, it it absolutely still was relaxing. I did so much self-care stuff. I worked out almost every single day. I don't like to say worked out. I I moved my body almost every single day. I drink water. I didn't um, partake in any alcohol or any other substances. I just was sober. I read, I did my tarot cards. Like I did so many great things. So it wasn't like horrible, but you could tell my body, like, you know, the body keeps the score. Shout out Bessel van der Kolk. Um, my body was remembering something. And that whole week I had nightmares every single night. And before that I'd have like nightmares, you know, once a week or, or, maybe a little less than that even, but nightmares were happening every single night, not like directly about the trauma I was being triggered about, but you know, just stress nightmares that my body was telling me like, God, you're stressed. So re-traumatization happens when you're subjected to triggers such as seeing certain places or people that remind you of your trauma. And oh my God, I had to ride on a plane with my biggest trigger. Like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most triggering thing that could happen, this was a nine. 10 would have been the actual perpetrator. So my like, honestly, it hasn't been until today. Like, yes, I'm a therapist. I know the diagnoses and the the criteria for PTSD. But again, when it comes to your own self, it's hard to like, it's hard to give yourself that same compassion you would a client. That's a really good way to say it. And so I think I'm just realizing today how much like that event, how much my body went through like after that event, like the week in Florida, I had nightmares almost every single night. I, my body was so sore. I was like having to do yoga, like do self massages because my my shoulders, I wake up and they were like, my shoulders were like at my eyeballs because I'm just like was stressed even in when I was sleeping. My body was so tense and I just like really had to take care of myself. There was a spiritual element I was calling in during this moment and after of like, I don't think the universe has a sick sense of humor and the fact that the universe is just trying to re-traumatize me or test me or like whatever. But I do think sometimes things happen sometimes where you see people where you have to be, the other person has to be reminded that like, you know, whatever, whatever their lesson is. Again, I'm not trying to put my power off and someone else, like I'm not trying to give away my power by thinking about someone else and how they're feeling when it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know, it matters how I feel. It matters how my story. So I'm really just realizing today that this has taken a toll on me. I've been a lot more irritable. I've been on edge. I've been super anxious. I've been super controlling. Um, just kind of going through a lot. And a lot of the symptoms are PTSD and it makes sense. I've been re-traumatized. And the hard part about like re-traumatization and being triggered is that sometimes we're not consciously aware. Sometimes we just don't know. Like our conscious brain isn't going to come in with a thought that's like, I am triggered because of this. And these are the symptoms. Like our, that's our logic brain. Sometimes it's like unconsciously that we're acting in these ways because we're triggered and we're just not consciously aware of that. I hope that makes sense. I don't have any profound thoughts. I don't have any guidance. I 
am not trying to just trauma dump and leave. However, you know, this is real world. This is real life. I had a horrible experience and I also learned a lot about myself and the fact that my healing, like I have just done so much work and also the realization of like, this work will never be complete. Like when a trauma happens, you can do all the things all the time, all the healing work. It will always be there. However, like we can't change the event, right? However, we can change how our body copes through it moving forward. When we are triggered, when we are reminded, when we do have nightmares, how we regulate that. You know, how I'm dealing with this now is so, 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 so much different than how I handled a couple years ago. A couple years ago, I would maybe go out for drinks, I'd smoke some cigarettes, I'd engage in, let's just be honest, I'd engage in risky sexual behaviors to try to soothe my, my anxiety and my trauma response. Um, but you know what? Instead... I went and spent quality time with my family. I went to the water and now I have a fucking podcast <laughs> and I'm sharing with y'all about how we can do hard things. Shout out Glenn and Doyle. Sometimes life really just ha- does happen to us that we don't have to find a positive, like even though I'm like, you know, this showed me that I've healed so much. I don't have to, I don't, and you don't have to find a silver lining and your trauma, I think so often there's like this really dangerous conversation around like forgiving your abuser and, um, you know, how like, oh my God, there's just so much in my brain is going a mile a minute, like turning your like pain into a purpose. And it's like, yes, I do say that with my work sometimes, like I've turned my pain into a purpose. However, that's not the first, that's not the first thing or anything someone should be saying to someone else who's experienced trauma. That's something that people should arrive on, arrive at on their own if they want to. But like, we don't have to, we as trauma survivors don't have to find the good in literally any of it because it's just, it's bad. Like it's hurtful. It's horrible. Um, and especially within the spiritual community, it's like, is this a karmic tie or a, a you know, a past lo- you know, all that bullshit that I just don't agree with. Um, sometimes bad shit just happens. Sometimes people hurt us, period. Um, and we don't have to find any sort of lesson or silver lining in that. It just is. And how to, how do we still live meaningful and fulfilled and loving and beautiful lives even though something has happened to us. I don't know if there's anything else that I need to share. God, I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Um, Again, if you've made it all the way through, one, thank you for holding space for me. Like I I can feel it right now. Um, Thank you for holding space for me. Thank you for allowing me to be human. Thank you for just supporting me. And I really encourage you, like... (sighs) to self-care after this. Even if you don't identify as a trauma survivor, you know, just hearing another person's hard thing is hard. And so do one thing to take care of yourself after this. Um, As always, use your resources, confide in your support people. If you don't have support people, know that there are people out there that are waiting to be that support for you. Um, work with a therapist, coach, or, you know, I really recommend working with a therapist. If, if trauma is what you are seeking out about, um, making sure you're working with a trained trauma-informed clinician to work through that because 
honestly, without the therapist, without many therapists that I've worked with, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I mean, I've just received so much support and it's like one of the only things that has helped carry me through really, really horrific things that I've been through. I appreciate you. Actually, really quick. I want to talk about ways that I'm supporting myself. Maybe this is helpful for some of y'all. Ways that I'm supporting myself is I'm taking things slow. So I had another small trip scheduled for when I got back. I decided it was too much for me. So I scheduled it a week later. I canceled some things um, and moved some things around so that I could just have some days of openness. I've been moving my body. That's felt really good. I've been meditating. Um, I reached out to a therapist um, that I want to work with because I want to get back in therapy. This has really shown me that um, having consistent therapy is important for my mental health. I have been loving on my kitty cats. I have two, Twilight and Aura Moon. Um, and I have been letting people in and letting them know what's happening. Okay, that's really all I have to say. I'll see you on the next one. Bye.